We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. It feels like Miami. Miami, Miami. Miami, Miami. Miami, Miami. Miami. Welcome, welcome to the EB Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Carlo Navas, on a winning streak. It's been a while since we could say that. With me today, a professional screw-up, who you can also hear on the Five on the Floor podcast on the Five Reasons Sports Network, Alex Toledo. Yo. How's it going, Alex? Been a while. Glad to have you back. That's right, man. I'm here. Lots to, going on. Got uh, a lot to talk about with you. I'm tired of all the takes. I uh for Alex and I I text Alex all my takes during games. Uh you guys don't get that on the timeline. I text Alex whenever I have a doom and gloom opinion, it is Alex that gets my take. It's like a Patreon right? I so, didn't sign up for. Yeah, it's like a it's like a Patreon that he sign up for. He just gets all my shitty reactionary takes. Alex, I believe I'm gonna read let's let's read Alex, let's start the show by I'll read some of the texts I sent you during the Laker game. Right, because I yeah. thought those were bad. Right? Yeah, I like this. I like that you started. I think, off I think those I think those are the worst ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna go back. Yeah, but I, I'll send Alex like my worst takes ever. Uh, okay, I'm scrolling through. There's some, there's some oh, okay. I gave so you it's random time for me to filibuster. Takes. Yeah, I remember during yeah, that yeah, game yeah. I was getting pissed off with you. I buried I had to I had to stop looking at my phone. I'm like, I just I just can't deal with this right now. Like it was already all over the place and you know, you're over here sending me all your doom and gloom takes. It's it's hard to keep up with, man. It's awful. Okay, I'm I'm almost at the date. Here we go. April eighth. Oh, I'm on April. Man, I, I text you a lot. I'm sorry. <laughs> look at you. You you look at you hyping up precious. Look at you. Look at you. Okay. Um talking about Bam. He just never asserts himself. Sick of that. Be an alpha dude. 
Mm-hmm. Then Alex responds, didn't he do it the last two games and in the playoffs? I go, he did it one game in the playoffs. So I'm like, I'm so far gone. What about the I'm gone? What about the first round exit? Oh, so I go in uh <laughs> I go for, I <laughs> I just go to Alex. I go, uh I'm out on them winning a series, first round exit. Alex, would you like to put money on it? Then I said uh, Jimmy wins them maybe a game or two. And I go on to say they're going to be six or seven and lose to the Bucks or the Sixers. And then Alex is like, bro, they're not losing to Philly. And I go, they can't even beat this dog shit Laker team. And Alex is like, they're tired. Alex is like cranking up the excuse machines. I go, uh, who are you betting on? Depot? Hero? Tired of what? Like, I'm I'm lost. I'm lost. I'm like, they can't beat Jonas Valanciunas. Uh... I'm gone. I'm lost at sea. And this is me peppering Alex with all of these, th- these bantics, all this stuff, um, c- c- complaining about precious. And that's, that's the life that Alex lives as my friend. Yeah, man. I, I wish you didn't have to put me through that, but look, I was there for that Jonas game for the Memphis Grizzlies game. That one, that one was particularly tough to watch. Just like Jonas Valens Jr.'s carve up your defense over and over. So I get the reactionary stuff. That Lakers game was awful. Like there's been so many bad losses this year. So it's tough to really defend this team, man. Like, they've just been so goddamn inconsistent. Like, it's really annoying. It's really annoying, especially when, like, I got to go to these games and watch them. And it's like, is this really happening right now? Like, they just have these games where just everything goes off the rails. And I wanted to ask you, you know, now that you started off, do you still feel the same way? Um, I do. I do feel the same way. I think that there's still a first-round exit. They haven't shown me anything now. Jimmy has scared them Which, into playing better. Are you talking uh, uh, with or without Depot? Um, either. Just to have the you know the either the press sorted I mean, out. I, I mean either. I mean so, and I've gone back and forth on this, Alex. And I I kind of want your thoughts because like, I, and I said this I said this on Hangover Time last night, and I said it on Alex Dono's radio show a couple days ago. They they're a team that needs to win everything at the margins because they're going to be at a talent disparity every, every like big series, right? Uh, the Bucks, the Sixers, um, the Nets, and, and maybe you even the Celtics, although I would argue, no, depends on who you ask. Yeah, I don't know about the Sixers. Uh, listen, I, I don't know either, but I think most people would say that they're at a talent disparity one through eight. I think one through eight, the Sixers have better guys, you know? Uh, once you get from know. that, I, I don't that know. Three, I'm not sure. That three to eight, you know, I'd listen. Uh, I'd take Duncan over Seth Curry, but I would take Tobias over anybody else on this team right now. You know, so there's a, you know, th- that that's a conversation. But they have to win in the margins, and they've they've done that with their acquisitions, right? Like the Oladipo thing looked like it was working out. He was kind of rounding into shape. That's not an easy piece to fit in offensively. Ariza has been lights out, dude. Like on both ends of the floor, he's been awesome. Um, I've been surprised at how they've used him in a Jay Crowder role, but not how you think. They have him trigger handoffs to to kind of mix up some defenses when they try to hide centers on him so that Bam, you know, they can kind of get guys off of Bam and stuff like that. So they, they force guys into drop, really opens up things for Duncan. He's gotten to the rim a lot. That surprised me. I didn't really think he, he loves the dump off pass. I, I, mm-hmm. I love that. It's just easy baskets, man. I love that if, if the three isn't there for him, like he'll try to drive in. I just don't like when he tries to do too much, but. You know, it just when you see the open space, if, if somebody's closing out hard on you, you, you drive into the open defense, try to collapse and find the, the next guy, whether it's, you know, under the rim or, or a shooter. And he's he's gotten better at that. Like, I think it was kind of awkward those first few games, but he had two, <laughs> two crisp 
50 passes to Dwayne Dedman last night. Uh, you know, they got that Sacramento Kings chemistry, clearly. But Let's go. but I love what Ariza's has brought, man. He's been good. I want to get into him a little later. The Deadman acquisition, which we're also going to get into more in depth later, has been just an all out like they won the washed up big buyout market. Right. Been better than Blake, been better than that fat guy in Los Angeles. He is awesome. Right. So they've done, you know, and they really kind of flipped a bunch of players who were doing nothing for them. And and Olenek. Curious that you left one out there. One of the washed bigs. Uh, Which one? Oh, listen, LaMarcus. uh, Get well soon, bud. Ah, different uh, tone now, huh? Get well soon, Lamarcus. Uh, we're we're all rooting for you. <laughs> so they, you know, I, I've said that they have they have to win. I got I got to move on. They <laughs> they got to win in the margins, Alex. They got to win in the margins, and they've done that right. And that's kind of changed my mind a little bit because Deadman kind of foot puts that backup five role. You know that I think that's been put to rest. I think Ariza's put their power forward situation to rest. And I think Oladipo theoretically puts their point guard situation to rest. Not that he's a traditional point guard, but, you know, you just need a second guard to play with either Dragic or or Hero or whoever so that you're not playing two bad defenders at all points. So I think in theory, I like them. I think that they can go as far as the finals, and I think they can lose in the first round. It's just, like Jimmy said, I don't know what version of this team we're going to get. And they oscillate between the two so often that I don't, how am I supposed to know? Yeah, I'm kind of mad that everything you said there was really fair. That's not how this show is supposed to work, Gianni. You're supposed to say something that's hipster and I disagree with. But no, really, like, I agree with pretty much everything you said there. I don't know that I could actually see them going back to the finals. But then, I like, I know that once playoff time starts, I'm going to feel pretty confident just because I trust in uh, I trust in Spolstra as a, you know, just a <laughs> like he is taking it up a notch this year with the the defensive genius stuff and all the different coverages he's mixed in, like all the refs they've gotten with all these different coverages makes me feel better too. Cause it's like, they can defend in a lot of different ways. They have a two-way roster, especially, uh, you know, especially if Depot, I mean, they don't have a two-way roster, but they have more two-way balance in the roster than they did previously, especially if Depot's back. The problem is like they you can said, put six two-way guys out there. Yeah. And like the problem is, like you said, we don't know what iteration we're getting. And that's where it's just kind of like, I think it ends up just being a, a, one out of two things, faith and matchups. Like, how much do you believe in Jimmy, Bam, and Spo to kind of lift up everybody else? How much do you believe in the defensive coverages and if that's going to be really something that they could mix up in the playoffs and, and be effective with it? And also, like, which matchups do you like and don't like? Because I think that's where it gets really interesting. And because this team is just so weird, man. Like, we've talked about this. They have a better roster at this point than they did last season. I know Old Depot's only played four games, but even like you said, the other guys they brought in, have helped so much. They have a more complete roster, but we know the context that last year Goran was better. Their shooting was better. Uh, obviously, the defense wasn't, but they were just not. They were inconsistent during the regular season. But I don't. I don't know, man. This this one has been like just peaks and valleys over and over and over again, and it feels kind of like a like a roller coaster of a season. So I don't know where the roller coaster is going to finish. Uh, which matchups are you afraid of? So that kind of goes to my point of you know, the Jekyll and Hyde of this team. And sometimes, you know, you would think that you could trust the defense, but lately you can't even trust the defense, right? So, like, they'll go through defensive stretches where you're just like, what the fuck are they doing? So I've been on record, Alex. I like the Sixer matchup for them. And I've said this I was this hoping I could disagree with you there, too. It's just, we keep agreeing. This is not good. Embiid has a negative assist-to-turnover ratio. I just watched Kevon Looney do a decent job on him. He's... Bigs are easy to scheme for, 
And I know that if Joel's going to play at max Joel capability, there's no scheming for that. He just kicks your ass and, and you go home, right? But they have a guy that's easy to scheme for in Ben Simmons, and they have not shown me that they have a solution to Ben Simmons' late game offense, and they've run their offense through Embiid, and it's worked. But I think in a playoff scenario where you know you know exactly how you're going to defend stuff, and listen, Embiid is not as it's kind of funny to say this, not as good as passer as Valanciunas, right? And 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 Memphis gets into offense a little earlier. Um, I think Memphis has the best offensive rating in the month of April, which I think is the funniest thing in the world. Um, shout out know, Dougar Sixers, Spot. I just heard that last night on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout, shout out to, to Steve Jones on the Dougar Spot. Alex and I listen to all the same podcast. We can't steal takes. <laughs> we'll just call each other out on it. Uh, so that's a matchup I like for them. And not that they'd be favored, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't favor them, but that's something I like. The Boston matchup, I like it. I, Boston just is paper thin in their depth, and unless Tatum's going to go crazy for a series, I just don't really see how they're going to... They're a top 10 offense this year. I don't really... That's all Tatum and Brown. Their defense is 15th. Uh, it's going to be tough the for them. thing right there. They had the defensive drop-off after being like a great defensive team all year. And it's weird for a Brad team. Too. Like, you just think that... You just look at that roster and like you have some good players, obviously. Tatum and Brown, like Kemba hasn't been good this year. Smart is still a good player. It's like, okay, they have some bigs. Oh, yeah, I forgot. They have Fournier, too. You look at it and they, they just have so little shooting on the team. And like... <laughs> especially with Kemba and this decline that he's having too. Like they just have so little shooting. You would imagine, okay, they're, they're going to make Tatum's big, hell. Bulkier they guys. Play. They're playing these big lineups because they want to have a great defense. They don't even have a great defense. So it really just comes down to their star players, like going supernova in the series. So I'm definitely not afraid of Boston. The Philly thing is, is an interesting one. I want to talk about that with you. I feel like I'm hosting this podcast. It's kind of no, weird listen, right now. This, this is this is family. This is family. And I don't host. Home. I don't host. So you know, this, this is not what I do. This is home. I'm yeah. out of my pocket right now. But I just, I think it's good because I, I like hearing you talk about the, the the Sixers matchup. And it's like, if you're just gonna, do you think they're gonna trap and and blitz in the same way that they that they do in a lot of these games versus Embiid? Do you think they're gonna trap him below the line? How do you think they would they would? go with those coverages because i do think like they have a lot of different ways they can go by it but like i suspect bam is not going to be in single coverage against the bead like half the time more or less no not at all they're gonna they're gonna help they're gonna help and recover um they're gonna front like every air exposure team has done since bray hibbert they're gonna but front. how much do you think they're gonna front like percentage wise you think they're gonna be just oh, sticking I think, the whole time i think 80 if that's it's what's Embiid, interesting to me is if they mix it, it up or if they're gonna stick to one thing Alf brought up a good point on Hangover Time last night. He's like, I would put a reason on Embiid to start, and I would just have him front, and I would have Bam on Simmons and play free safety. And I think Jimmy on Tobias makes sense. I think that they could do a lot of things. Um, you could put Duncan on Seth, right? They they can they can work matchups into their favor. They're gonna they're gonna force Philly into a ton of turnovers. And I think with the trapping of their small guards, which is easy offense for the Heat, which exactly. That's like the key for them because Philly is the number two defense, I think, this year, uh, which they still be good. But they have guys that I think are huntable, like the Seth Curry. You could put him in pick a roll. And we've seen Jimmy do that. He put George Hill in the, in, in the paint chamber. We can right? get anybody kind of, in foul trouble. Like, and I think that that's an element to Miami's team that's going to be more important in the playoffs than in the regular season. That down the stretch, Jimmy can mismatch hunt. They will screen with guards. And because of Duncan's gravity, him as a screener in those pick and rolls, is really, really deadly, right? And that's kind of also why I'm really sad that Bailicha hasn't worked out for them because Jimmy plus stretch big, right? So if you're not running pick and roll with your big and you don't have to have Bam in the dunker spot, uh, you have a, Jimmy's afforded a lot more space when you have a shooting big. Now, 
they've worked around that. They did last season. Um, they don't have Crowder, and I know that Ariza's been good. Ariza guards better a little smaller, and Jay guards better a little bigger, right? So they're they're two really good defenders, but in different ways. I think Jay gave them a little bit more bite than Ariza does, but I think Ariza will kind of be better for the trap scheme that they run because he's quicker than Crowder. And I we saw Jay get beat a lot off the dribble, right? So and, I think I mean, Jay's Ariza's kind of forte. Too. I agree with you, by the way. Jay's a little bit stronger, even though he's shorter and all that. So he's a he's little better, better for the Bucks series, and, and Ariza's definitely better guarding the perimeter. There's no doubt about that. He's arms. Ariza's all arms. And they have Andre. They have Jimmy. They have Ariza. Duncan has Duncan has wingspan, dude. Right? Oh, yeah, and I think time. Duncan... Duncan's been really good defensively for the last two months. Like, I, I just... He's, like, been legit been super solid for them. Yeah. And that's a lot of length. I don't trust the rest of the, of the team, man. I don't trust the rest of the Sixers. Like, uh, if you if you turn and beat into a passer a lot of the times, like, I just think, like, are the other guys going to come through? And it feels kind of simplistic to think about it. That He'll average Howard, you know, 25, they're throw in. Yeah, no, he'll get his numbers, but we he'll already know. 25, 12, and seven turnovers. I think and they're going to try to make that. him, exactly, exactly. They're going to try to make him, you know, just not dominate and feel comfortable the whole game. And especially, I think, keep Bam out of foul trouble. Just, they cannot lose Bam for extended periods of time during the playoffs. Like you said, they got to win on the margins. If you lose Bam for more time than normal, like, the <laughs> it just lowers your chances so much to me. Like, he just does so much for you on defense, especially if you're not playing Bielitsa. Right. Like you say, you're not even getting like the spacing big aspect out of it. And I'm, I'm still wondering if he's going to end up getting some playing time at some point, just as like a uh, a change of pace weapon that that um, Spo throws out there just because he knows that he can trust a shooting big with, with Jimmy, like you said. But to me, like there's so many ways that like they have a versatile roster, but you just can't you don't know what you're getting from everybody outside of pretty much Jimmy and Bam. And so that's really what scares me. I think you know what you I'm get from Duncan. I'm not afraid of Ben Simmons, man. I, like, I think I think Duncan has joined that conversation of you know what you're gonna get. Oh no, you're right, you're right. Duncan there too, but just in I general. Tweeted the, sorry to cut you off. I want people to know. I tweeted this yesterday. Uh, since the trade deadline, Duncan is second in threes made behind Steph Curry, and he's shooting fifty percent on them. Unreal. Yeah, man, he, he is insane. I'm glad they didn't trade him. Uh, <laughs> even though they kind of, I was convinced to end up trading him right before trade deadline. I'm glad. Glad they didn't pull the trigger. I'm glad they're stronger than me. They have diamond hands. Uh, <laughs> hold this, hold this look, the diamond hands got them, got them to keep Duncan and Tyler and still nab Oladipo. I still think they're going to have a real shot at Lowry. So maybe that's why I'm a little bit more positive than other people are. I just feel like their, their, their short and long-term outlook is a lot better than it was like a year or two ago. So much better. Like incredibly better. So it's almost like I could take some of these lumps but it's the inconsistency is just what kills me, bro. Because it's like, I don't know what to actually ex- expect from them in the playoffs. W- would you, what about the Bucks? How do you feel about the Bucks? Because I'm taking they, them with, I've been saying I'm not afraid of them all year, but I'm so scared of them. Now nah, I'm, Drew I'm a little is more a problem. scared. I'm a little bit Drew's scared. Drew's a problem. They have, a they have no answer for Drew. And I'm more scared of, now they switch more now. And they switch, I think it's like 15 or 20% more than they did last season. And if the Bucks were going to run drop, I feel better because Miami can generate better looks against drop. Switching has been what's neutered them because off that first action when they switch, it makes Duncan's life really hard. He much prefers a hard trap, and he's gotten really good at that pocket pass. And almost everything that they do starts with that. Any pick and roll, uh, if you switch, it just it makes Jimmy's life a little harder if it's a bigger guy. Less guys uh, that Bam, Jimmy can beat up on too, like if he wants 
to try to hunt people. Like there's just less guys there now with Drew and PJ out there. They're just more playoff players, right? There's, Instead there's of like Connaughton. No George Hill. Listen, uh, Drew Holiday made Damian Lillard a, a meme. Like Dame made Dame a meme. Dame right? has like, come, come is, back at him like every time ever since. Like every time. No, I know, but like other, that but happened right. though. Like he's a badass, right? He's really fucking good. So that scares me. They I have don't a lot of respect for PJ too. Like they're just gonna. It's just less guys in general <laughs> that you can I'm beat good. up on. No, I know. I, every time that happens to you, when I watch, I keep it forgetting makes you to laugh. change my my uh, my my little USB. Uh, for those of you, it makes me laugh because you're so like picky about every little thing, and that just happens like front. Like Mike, I just how know good it drives is my you crazy. Quality. This shit looks good. I look good. Oh, Quality's light. fine. I, it's just yeah, ever right. since Alf pointed out months ago that you look to the side, it's just hard to not notice. But well, I and mean, if I look this way, you have the ring light and my glasses. So this is a very strategic. Move. If you're listening on the pod, I'm sorry that you that you're missing out. If you're listening on YouTube, hop over to Twitch sometime. Twitch.tv slash MIA Heapy. We do all our pods pre and post game show here. So come on, check that out. Also, if you're a YouTube listener, maybe check out the pod. You can listen in the car, you know, find us on Spotify, Apple Pods, anywhere you get your pods. Uh, you know, come join us on the pod feed. That, that's all fun or Twitch or whatever. Um, yeah, uh, Heat Expert in chat says someone shipped Gia USB cable. I got to do that. I'm going to remember today. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write it down. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write this down, get USB cable. Okay, good. Um, the Bucks, Miami, I think Crowder, uh, shout out, by the way, to uh, Curtis Hero for the gifted sub and uh, for Tez Pickett for the tier one sub. We appreciate that kind of support here. Um, the Crowder thing is, you know, and, and Alex, I don't know. You, I know you listen to Zach Lowe, too. When he was talking, I think it was with Doris Burke about like he missing Crowder so much. And like that hasn't I thought that was kind of weird that that's still the national conversation for really, really smart people. The only series where I feel that that'll matter is going to be the Buck series because the the building the wall against Giannis, it helps when you have that size at the four and that strength and that kind of toughness. And not that Ariza can't do it. I just think he'll do it a little less effectively. Mm. And from everything we said about the Bucks kind of switching more on defense, uh, you know, a little less Lopez. Now they still have guys that they can pick on. You know, you could still find DiVincenzo. You know, they still play a little too much Pat Connaughton to make yeah. anybody comfortable. So it's certainly not an impossible matchup, but like it's I gotta a lot be harder honest than last season. Like it's, it's the Bucks are my harder. favorite to come out of the East right now. Like if I had to pick gun to my head, I, I think the Bucks come out of the East. And I, there is the hipster take. I, I like it. I like it. I like that. Do you not? This. Do you not agree? Well, no, I don't well, think that it's a ridiculous take or anything. Like I think the Nets' much- health is really what concerns me because Harden today had that setback with the hamstring. Uh, they reported mri came back he's out indefinitely steve chris said maybe he's out until the playoffs maybe earlier that's oh i missed it i missed this news. Yeah. that's uh, steve nasha then not, not steve kerr is um, there anything new on the durant hamstring injury that no that was uh then the, the the contusion the the i mean yeah the contusion. quad contusion yeah i mean he'll not, he'll be back in probably a week I and mean, they'll play that conservatively but i mean yeah that definitely you know, changes it like i don't think it's crazy i don't think it's crazy to say the bucks can't come out i thought they could come out last year and and I mean, obviously, I was super wrong about that. I, I didn't know. I just didn't know that they were going to take a shit all over themselves. And I completely under, undervalued, like, just how the lack of versatility they had. And, and we all know the, the, the deal now, right? Like, they just stuck to the one thing with the drop defense. And, got, and, and the heat lit them up. And, and just nobody else stepped up. But like you said, Drew Holiday and P.J. Tucker, like, those guys are proven playoff guys and guys who you cannot PJ you cannot beat up on them like I know PJ is not some world he's not a world beater but you throw him into that lineup instead of Brooke and all of a sudden they're more versatile on both ends like they they're not one that you can solve as easily 
And the Heat offense was so much better last year. The shooting was so much better. Goron was so much better that it's like, yeah, this Bucks matchup looked a lot harder. Like they need, and they this is what I think it's going to come down to. Yeah, this is what it's going to come down to for me. I don't. I think they might. They they it could definitely be a first round exit if they don't get a little depot back. If they, I just think like they're really, really, really playing on the margins without him, and just like it's tough to get consistent scoring out of them. That being said, I think it's all a matchups game. Like, even if they don't get Oladipo back, like, I can see them beating the Hawks or the Knicks in the first round. Oh, the, the, Celtics, the first round, maybe, yeah. Maybe, but, like, I mean, definitely no no shot at the other teams without Oladipo. And so I want to gauge your, your thing there. Like, I'm guessing you would just take the, the, the top three teams over the Heat uh, with Oladipo back anyways, and you're just saying the chances are a little bit, uh, you know, it's a little bit of a puncher's chance if they, if they yeah, get I mean, it back. If they have, and we're gonna welcome in uh, our trash tweeter Weird Alpha. Oh, Jack Alpha yeah. Alpha, so I'm gonna turn on the lamp real quick because yeah, yeah. We, pre-game we, show yeah. is bitching yesterday. Oh fuck! Yeah. They, <laughs> did you just fall? I just fell a little bit. One second. I, don't let me distract you. Talk about don't whatever let, yeah, dumb yeah. shit uh, uh, Alex yeah, well, was talking about. That's that's Jack. Alex, what did you ask me? Jack. Jack totally threw me off kilter. No, he threw me off kilter too. I was just wondering if you were going to take them over the heat and, and just like the, the top three in general. Are you taking them all over the heat uh, if they're healthy? Yeah, I mean, if, if the heat are healthy and they get a Dragic that is 70% of what he was in the bubble, I feel differently. Now, my what I'm going to look at these last 14 games is they need to be healthy. They need to get right. They need their guys to be healthy. And I need to, I don't know if Dragic was saving whatever he has left in the tank for this stretch run, but he needs to find it. If it's somewhere deep, deep inside, he needs to get that and pull that out. And I think we've seen a little bit of that, a little bit more downhill action. He's working the dribble handoffs a little bit better. And I've talked about how one of the elements of their offense that they lost is when he comes off that handoff, he's not only a threat to shoot, but also to drive. And that keeps the defense honest and on shooters and helping and moving in a way that they have not had this season unless it's Jimmy Butler going downhill. So what I look at is that, like, can they get a Dragic that can give them a little bit of downhill juice? And if Oladipo is going to be something, that changes how I feel. Because Alex, in theory, when they put their the best defensive lineups out, which will be like, uh, Oladipo, Duncan, Jimmy, Ariza, Bam. You can switch everything. You have everyone's a B to A plus defender, right? And you can switch or do anything. And if Duncan's your weak link, that's not a bad weak link to have. I mean, the Raptors had an elite defense for a couple of seasons with Norman Powell, right, as a weak link, who's kind of like, you know, a little bit Duncan esque. Uh, maybe Duncan's probably a little more aware. The norm norm has a little bit more athleticism, but I think that's like a good example of of that. So they can beat anybody if they're at their A game. But the problem with the Heat is that their B game is so much worse than their A game. And we get their B and C game way more often than they get their A game. I think it's fair. I mean, I'm trying like, to argue with you, but it's tough. Uh, you're being a little bit too reasonable right now. I, I was expecting more of a reactionary G, bro. Like, or fire takes. What's going on? with? I thought that was the formula. but I Listen, I, I've always said, I was like, the locker room and my text messages are for like my blazing takes. And I've been more measured on the pod and hangover time. I'm, I'm more measured. I mean, like Alex, they, I don't even think they know who they are. Because deep down inside, there's a team that can really kill you because they have so many theoretical good shooters 
Um, you know, they have enough guys on defense that could switch. Jack's asking where Jack went. He said that Marco says Jack's in a Corona commercial. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know where Jack went. Maybe he'll come back. Um, they have so much in theory. And I don't know at what point can we like, this is who they are or versus what they could be. And we're pretty late into the season. There's 14 games left. And I think we can make a lot of excuses um, for what they are, or what they could be. But Where do you stand? On that spectrum, I think I listen. I think they're closer to who they are than what we think they can be. I don't think Tyler's gonna figure something out magically. I think that when you're a small guard in your second season, without an off season, without a summer league, in a COVID season, I think it's reasonable that you're gonna look like shit at times. That's fair and natural. You haven't had adequate adjustment time from. And they everybody has extra film on you because you just had a deep playoff run where you like played every game. You know what I mean? No, no, so, there's no doubt. The, the Tyler thing is it's interesting because it's like I think he's he's just going through that sophomore slump, man. Like he's they've tried to turn him, they're they're trying to like throw him on this trajectory of like this three-level scoring playmaking guard who just does a little bit of everything pretty good on the offensive side. And like You've seen the skill development, but he's just not consistent with the reads. Like sometimes he he shoots when he's supposed to pass, passes when he's supposed to shoot. And I think this is just kind of like part of the process, right? He's in a second year. He's I think he's in a different role than he was last year. I'm not even trying to give excuses for Tyler because there's he's flat out been bad. Like when yeah, he's been like bad, been... he's bad. And that's like when, that's but Chef Trilly, I'm saying that as a given, but I just think the it's criticism tough, has gotten so bad that Chef Trilly on the timelines defending Tyler. That's how you know it's bad. Even Chef Truly is like, yo, chill. Uh, only Ricky in chat said, wait, you wouldn't put Iggy as one of the five best defenders dunking over him? Yeah, I, I misspoke a little bit. It's more of like what a reasonable last like minute lineup would look like. You know, I don't think... Duncan's I don't think the closer now, isn't he? I think Duncan should be the closer. Now, they may go with Tyler because suppose, you know, horny for ball handling, as he always has been. Um, but you know, I think, I think Tyler has earned that spot. And if you need one, you know, Jimmy's one wing and then Ariza's the other bam as your center. I, I think maybe Spo might toggle between who's playing better between Ariza and Andre. If Andre's having a good game, you know, I, I think Andre gives you a little more on defense. Um, so th- that depends, but I, I kind of think that a lineup will look something like that at the end of games. Alex, I want to kind of ask you about the Nun versus Tyler conversation, and we kind of dipped our toes into it a little bit, and we're going to get to Deadman at the end of the show. It's been very strange to me how people have argued so fervently on the timeline today and, and yesterday about this Tyler versus Duncan thing. I, I, don't, I, don't, really, I don't really get it, I think that I understand why people want Nunn to play. I think Nunn's been a little better lately. A lot better lately. Tyler's just been straight bad like in the last month. Um, Their numbers with Nunn on minus 0.4 net rating. Off plus 1.3. Hero on minus 8.8. Off plus 12. That's pretty fucking jarring. That's a giant swing. This is since the trade deadline, by the way. Goron plus 3.1 off minus 0.3. So Goron's clearly, you know, influencing the lineup data the best. Uh, none the second best and Tyler the worst. And, and your eye test could tell you that. I mean, they haven't looked good. But Alex, I think that they got a bank on Tyler figuring something out because their upside with none is just not 
good enough for them to make any real noise in the playoffs. They like really need Tyler to figure stuff out. And I think that's the best version of themselves. And that's why they're trying to, you know, put the square into the circle hole. Yeah. And to me, it's like, uh, and shout out Ethan for drumming up this whole conversation last night on five on the floor. And it's just kind of, uh, curator of content. Yeah, bro. He, he's, you know, that's his bag right there. It, it was Master. a good, he just, you know, sometimes when we don't got, we don't want to talk the whole time about the game, you know, that that's good stuff right there. But, uh, listen, I think none, like, I love what he's shown, right? He's been more consistent, but even then, I don't think he's giving you enough of a sample that you can trust him so much more than Tyler. And I think the hypothetical also has to do with like if and when Depot comes back, one of them has to get pushed out. Like once you do the the the, the lineup math, and it's going to be Kendrick Dunn. And everybody's, you know, you can say it's politics. You can say it's, uh, you know, it's <laughs> Tyler Hero hyping himself up over cereal and the and the Heat <laughs> loving him as a foundational piece and all of that. Like I just think all of that stuff comes together. Like he was their lottery pick. He played big for them in the playoffs last year. He, even outside of that Boston game, he was just a reliable, productive player for them until the Lakers series when, you know, he just had to step up and take a role against the final team he wasn't prepared for. But, that wasn't fair for him. Bro, like, doesn't this – I don't know if I'm, if I'm caping for Tyler by, by asking. Doesn't some of the struggles have to do with his role where, like, he's asked to do a little bit more pick-and-roll stuff. He's asked to do a little bit more playmaking. Not that he's some all-world playmaker by any means. You know, they're trying, they're trying to put him into that trajectory where I, I feel like Kendrick's role – and shout out to Spo for doing this. It's just kind of been simplified for him. Like he takes the jumpers when they're, when they're there, and he's gotten better at making you know at making little reads here and there, and just figuring out when to drive and when to shoot. So Kendrick's a, has been a more reliable shooter than Tyler. So like if you're if the argument is I'm gonna keep him in with the starters, like I understand that. But if the argument is oh none is gonna stay in those bench lineups, so Goron once Depot returns and Hero's gonna get benched, that's ugly to me. Like it didn't work last year. And me and you argued about that, but the actual bench unit was good last year. And that's the difference, right? Like this, Goran is not as good. The bench unit as a whole has not been at, at all good or consistent this year. So I just think it's a really, it's a risk, like just benching Tyler like that. And like, hey, uh, I don't know how Tyler would react to that. I don't know. I'll, Jack, I want to loop Jack's back. Uh, I want to kind of loop you in on this. Like, and I said this before, like it's it's unfair considering the the weirdness of the season where no off season, no summer league. Um, he played very deep into the playoffs and everybody has a little bit more film on him than other guys. He has had an inconsistent role on this team. He went from starter to bench guy to kind of, you know, sometimes they played three guards, sometimes they played one guard and, and, and three wings. And, and it, it's been a very weird season for him. And I don't think, I think he has to play better, but I don't think it's all his fault. And do you think his three point shooting comes back to earth like in a good way? Because I mean, it has to, I I mean, it kind of depends on that at this point. Like they need him to be a good shooter. I don't think he'll be an off the dribble shooter, but God damn, like he would her like spot up or some shit. You know what I mean? Like it's it's bad. There's at the very least the happy medium where he's going to level off at some point. He's a way better shooter than he's been this year. Um, Is he the shooter that he was last year? I don't know. Um, I think Alex is 100% right that, a lot of it is role. And I think we've all kind of harped on that, that it's not a super fair situation for anybody in the NBA, but especially a rookie coming off the short, shortest off season in NBA history. Like his off season was honestly the time between the 
you know, the breakup and the bubble, right? Like that was the time where he really showed, like he made that one to two year jump that you would have expected from him where he was showing a little more playmaking. Now, I mean, he's been bad, but I don't think I'm like, I'm not panicked about him. All the things I don't like about him right now are things I've, I've never liked about him. And they're just concerns that he's not answered yet. But like, I think if you're the kind of person who's saying like, Tyler, if you were really high on Tyler, I think you should still be pretty high on Tyler. Maybe doubt his potential to become a star. But I still think he's like, I think the shooting is going to find its way back. I think in an optimized it was just role. Back, like not that long ago. And then it just yeah, went away. It's yeah. there. But like also when he was playing with Oladipo, I thought he looked a lot better because I thought he was getting in positions that he wanted to be a little more and he didn't have to like not as much shoulder as much of the weight. Yeah, exactly. Like when I thought he was showing the most with his playmaking is when he didn't have to playmake, right? Where it was kind of just freewheeling and he's a, like, he can just focus on scoring and then the playmaking, which is impressive, comes as like a secondary to scoring which is good. It's just, that's not the role they need him to play right now. And that's, you know, that's hampering what he can do. So I'm pretty confident that he'll find something. I don't know how good he'll cap out at, but you know, I think he's a good player. He'll be a good player in this league. His catch and shoot numbers. He's a 35% catch and shoot three point shooter this year, which is like, it's whatever. I mean, it's, it's It's not good for a a shooting specialist though. Pull-ups are at 31%. Huh? How many, how many total attempts is he, is he at right now? 2.7 a game. I, I can pull up 2.7? A game. Like, that on sounds about right. But it sounds like, and then 2.6 for He needs to be taking ups. more. Like, it's that simple. You need to get him easy looks. Like, And I'm not talking about putting him as, a, as, a, as somebody who just stands around or whatever, like, just waiting for an open shot. I'm just saying, like, you need to get his confidence going and, like, realize that, like, that was his biggest strength when you, you drafted him was shooting. It's definitely not his athleticism, like his body. So like get him comfortable a little bit. And I don't know, man. Like, I just think he, why is the gap between his threes and Duncan so high? Like Duncan is obviously elite at it. He's a lot better at it. And yes, but why can't you get him some more threes? Like, but also less than Myers was taking. When Tyler was on, when Tyler is on the floor this season, he's not in a catch and shoot situation, right? Like he's handling and Duncan's, I mean, Duncan's doing a little bit more of that than he was doing last year. And like credit to him, I think Duncan's been really incredible, like compared to what expectations would be as a ball handler, as a pick and roll, like ball handler. But like he's not being asked to do that as much as Tyler. And so like Duncan is still getting those catch and shoot looks. Tyler's they're not looking for that for him, which is, yeah, I think you're right on the money, Alex. Tyler's uh, 30 percent, 30, almost 31 percent frequency as a pick and roll ball handler. He's the third highest used pick and roll ball handler on the team, and I That's think by good. just total volume, yeah. But and and last year, you know, he he was in the 30s as, as well. I mean, they they he they brought him in to do that, and it's just listen, that's a growing pain, and and especially when he's leading that bench unit, you know, a lot of the times Goran's missed some time. He's the guy kind of generating offense. Um, just hasn't looked good half the time. Marco in chat says Duncan's uh nuns the second best catch and shoot guy after Duncan at 43 percent, and I think that that's the argument that people are making. It's like, look, Tyler is not playing well. You know, they have 14 games left in this season. They really need to get something going. They're they're in the play-in spot, right? It's 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 pretty close. We got to get out of here. They need to play none a little bit more. And 
I, I think that there's merit to that if you're a fan. But I like I said earlier, I think that if you want to actually make legitimate noise in the playoffs, you got to let Tyler play through this. And, you you know, if if that means that Goran rests a little bit more and you trust Nunn, that's fine. Uh, but we've seen how quickly Kendrick Nunn, you know, will not be hot because Kendrick is a pull-up specialist. He's not getting to the rim. He's not pressuring the rim. Um, he's one of the, the least efficient pick and roll. He's in the bottom half on the team in, in points per possession. It's a pick and roll ball handler. Um, he's by Bam and Tyler and Goran and Jimmy, right? He's only like above Andre and, and Duncan, right? And and Gabe. Um, he He's just not their answer. He'll fix some small things in the short term, but like relatively in the long term, they really need Tyler to figure it out. And I get how fans are, but I mean, I think if anything, none is more Goran insurance so that Goran can rest a couple games. I mean, it, yeah, Deadman is now I'm with that for yeah, sure. Deadman's in health and safety protocols. We don't know if Jimmy and Bam are going to play on Wednesday. Um, you know, and it's kind of forcing Goran into a spot. You know, kind of hope that they, if they're good enough to play, they come back. You kind of give Goran some rest, and you, you know, you kind of play none some more. And I think that that's how you manage this. But it's listen, there's there's no good answers. They just need dudes to play better, especially if Depot is coming back, which I guess they expect him to. I don't think they're playing none heavily in a rotation that has Depot in it. Like I think we saw the change when Depot entered the rotation. None was just not a big factor in there. And I, I do think Tyler and Depot fit together better than none and Depot. So I think that's a pretty, pretty big part of why uh, they need to get Hero going. And by I the way, I will say though, I- like if Tyler keeps like, if he just does not, if he can't hit threes, if he can't, if he just keeps putting on like these shooting performances where it's, you know, really, really, really subpar, like I think maybe it becomes a conversation. I just feel like it hasn't been going on for that long. Like, I just feel like the team as a whole outside of, like you said, Jimmy Bam and even Duncan. I mean, I know Duncan had some inconsistency or inconsistency earlier on in the season. His inconsistencies was shooting 38% not, from three. Not on quite attempts. as the lead as last year. I, I get it. I get it. I'm just That's saying, crazy like, to Tyler, me that we were complaining about that. Tyler and Kendrick to me are, are kind of in the same group of, of like they're in the same category. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. There's guys who kind of, you know, I, I mostly think of them as one-sided players. They're kind of there to be, you know, shooting, scoring supplements. The, the difference is Tyler's been asked to be more of a, you know, as much of a play creator, probably more than being a play finisher. Where that's why I feel like Kendrick is just a play finisher. And he gets to, you know, he's just gotten a little bit better at making those reads. But I, I don't know, man. Like, do you, to me, it, it all comes down to the belief that Tyler isn't going to turn the shooting around and just in general being a decent offensive player off the bench. I still have faith that he can be that with or without Depot. 
And like, I wouldn't be surprised, surprised if Kendrick shooting also takes a dip because I just look at them both, both as inconsistent young players. So I, I just don't think the gap is that big either way. I just think Tyler's more skilled. Look, no one's perfect. Even the best baseball player strikes out when the bases are loaded. The best golfer sometimes three-putt with the tournament on the line. So if you feel like you're coming up short in the bedroom, it's perfectly okay. But if it's bothering you, there are options. Go get to roman.com slash heatbeat21 now. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your own home. A U.S. licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, it ships to you for free with two-day shipping. And the whole process is discreet and straightforward. Get Getting started is simple. Go get to roman.com slash heatbeat21 and complete an online visit. Take care of your ED without leaving home. Complete the online visit today to connect with the doctor and take care of it. Go get to roman.com slash heatbeat21 to get $15 off your first month. Look, that's a straightforward way to take care of your ED. Get to roman.com slash heatbeat21. Go get started to save $15 on your first month of treatment. Jack, what is this Chalmer news that you're talking about? Does he have his own wine brand? Oh, does he? Yeah, I guess Dwayne Wade posted something about how he's got his own line Tito, of wine. Tito has one. Tito Benach. Uh Of course he would. He, of he, course he, he would. order or something recently. I saw him too. I'm about to put in an order right now. I want yeah. someone else. So uh, next heat party, we'll, we'll sponsor. That yeah, that, that logo is nice. This it's pretty Good cool. For you, Rio. I love Good you, for Rio. him. It's a for him. 2015 red blend, the Mario Chalmers wine. We love it. Mm. We love heat Mario red. Chalmers. Get drunk on moving, Mario Chalmers. How do you have a moving Zoom background like that? Because I can tell you're not actually at the beach, but that that's kind of tripping. No, me he's out. at the beach. What are you I'm at the about? beach right now. What are you talking about? Yeah. Can't you, you tell the acoustics? Vivian's here. Everybody's here. It's really yeah. fun. Yeah, there's no background noise. Like, what that mic you got there is pretty good. The mic is nice. Um, it's wild how like no wind. I can't hear any here. of the wind. Like the trees are blowing there hard as hell, but I can't TV hear production. None of the wind. Like that's his. Oh, have you heard of have you heard of wind guards? Alex, they're like a thing in sound. I don't know if you know this, but no. yeah, it's like a thing in sound yeah. production. Um, this is a high tech Viv- mic. Vivian's there. Monica's there, right, Jack? Monica's over there with you too. Who's Monica? Is this another part of the story that I have not been paying attention to? The Paul Pierce Monica's story? Monica's the Paul Pierce the, thing. Well, Monica's in the Paul Pierce video. And, and Vivian, oh, Vivian, yes. Vivian, yes. Okay. Yeah. No, I was kind of late on the Paul Pierce video. I woke up to that Laker Twitter news and I was like, holy shit. The, the NBA has gone one day without being needlessly dramatic. What the fuck Did you was imagine, that? imagine like... <laughs> Did you so, see on the jump today that they talked about it? They, they, and then I saw someone's like, all right, feds are here. Everybody was it ever home. confirmed that, that the, this is a person that the, the co-host made up? Because I know he's been like d- defending himself the whole time. The so story is like on that. Has to be, right? <laughs> well, somebody on Sun's Twitter who's an audio Baker's engineer. Oh, oh no, never mind, never mind. Um, I, I think it's a protected pick. At, at protected pick. Good follow. Um, said that he's an audio engineer and he kind of went through it. And said, "Okay, these are not the same. This is not the same person doing a different voice." Yeah, at protect. What if it was a different friend? Yeah, that's what the theory is. Well, then the 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 latest was today. She uh she broke her social media silence and took a video where she wrote her name 
on a card, but she had misspelled the name and then deactivated it. It was clearly like a, a clipped out video from something like bigger. The photoshops are just amazing. so bad. I don't get it. It's like some of the worst Photoshop I've ever seen in my life. I like the idea of like making up a podcast host to, to go back and forth with like, that's pretty hilarious. That's what me. I did. <laughs> Brian's not real. I mean, Brian's fake. I've parlayed this fake person. Who would be that real? I mean, like, it's weirdo. <laughs> Is that the deuces? Right. Uh, is that the deuces uh, business plan? Yeah. No, I mean, listen, the deuces. I mean, Alex, uh, uh, us up, up top here at the Heat Podcast Mountain, we gotta really gotta crush the deuces. I think they're coming, and and can't can't let them keep going. All right. So I want to talk a little bit about to kind of close out the show, Deadman, and I also want to get into Bam's Defensive Player of the Year odds. Deadman has been a godsend for them, and Alex. I think the thing that has surprised me the most is that he can get up to the level of the screen and pick and roll defense. And he's up there. And I think he's, it's been mixed. I don't think he's been the best defensively. I think he's kind of made some mistakes and I think he'll kind of work himself into shape. Um, You know, he's a little slow, but the size and the impact he provides, I feel that's felt. And I think he's active out there beyond some blown coverages and Mr. Deadman to me. I'm sorry. Um, Mr. Deadman has been um Jack's incredibly distracting. Um I, I'm not Mr. doing Deadman shit. Did. No, I know. It's just the lighting at the beach, you know, it's it's really uh Yeah, it got was, dark dark all of a sudden. It, it really did. Yeah, that's clouds, right? That that's the volcanic act. Yeah, there's a little bit of an overcast. I do yeah. think the volcano it's crazy exploded how it's like a little in bit black and white now. Uh, by the way, uh, we have a, a special edition of Light Skinned Opinions airing right here on our Twitch feed, twitch.tv slash MIAHeepy. Following this podcast at 8.30, so in about 40 minutes, Alf, uh, Christopher Maddox, and Parrish are going to talk about the uh, guilty conviction of the Shabana trial. So be be here for that. Um, everybody knows that Alf is as... Did you just call him Shabana? How do I say his name? Chauvin. Chauvin, whatever. I don't know. I, I, I hate his face. Alf asked me to edit the thumbnail for that today, and I had to look at this fucking asshole's face. I hate him so much, and I was like, I don't like looking at him. You mixed him up with the delete... Supreme Court judge? Did I? Oh. Kavanaugh? Fuck all these Shavanaugh. white supremacists. I hate them all. They're the worst. And then Nancy Pelosi's done um, this comment. Man, you making that Christ. mistake is amazing. <laughs> I, yeah, it was just horrible. Well, Alf is going to be doing a light-skinned opinions on that and on, on, on the trial and every need kind of socio impacts that aren't going to be on that so be out for 8 30 i plugged that horribly it makes me very nervous um the name the names man the names the spellings every yes jesus molding his chats making fun of me jack has volcanic ash all around him we are falling apart at the seams here it's windy um, too it's, <laughs> um deadman has been just really good for them and i think you know he's nobody at that kind of situation is going to be perfect. You know, when you're in the buyout market, you know, everyone's going to have Every their year. problems. Um, whole but damn I, year, Alex, nobody picked them up. Yeah. It's crazy. Nikaias has been back. Nikaias has been on the propaganda for years. Credit lucky Nikaias isn't on a team roster. I mean, I'm sorry. <laughs> he's not a team GM. A team GM. Yeah. I, was that another, I was like, was that another Greg Monroe joke? Oh, oh no. Oh, no. <laughs> no, I'm not making those jokes. But I Jonathan never make those jokes. <laughs> No, nah, man. I mean, look, Devin has been solid, right? Like, he he knows how to use his size for real. Uh, he's actually huge. I can confirm that after going, you know, watching that game. The guy is he's huge. actually huge. Yeah, that's for sure. That's not that's just journalism right there. 
Yeah. I mean, look, what can I say? That's I could only get so close to the court. So all I can say is from afar, he still looks huge. But really, like, Deadman doesn't look lost out there. He knows how to actually no, box out and get rebounds. He knows how to, like, set a nice screen and roll to the basket, even if it's taking a little bit he long. Makes like, he's getting, he's getting on exactly, every screen. He's making the contact, and Goran is getting around him. Like, that's what matters, right? And he's actually rolling to the basket. And even if he's not get catching it there for a dunk, like that's not really his role. They're not really looking for him that much. Like he's theoretically a threat there. Like you can't just leave a seven footer down there. He's boxing out. He's getting rebounds. He's playing solid D. Like you said, he's a little slow on D. But the fact that you can play him up closer to the screen, maybe like you could even, you don't have to play him all the way up to the screen. But like you just have a I little like bit more optionality do, though. though. That's what I'm saying. I like, like that they do. You got I some options. He, if he can just, if he can move up a little bit, and if he isn't dropping all the way back, like it just makes it harder to score on. And score on uh, yeah, I was already, <laughs> yeah, score on Goron. But look, man, Demon's just solid as hell. Like he's the most, he's the definition of a solid backup center. Solid as hell. And, and like, if he's getting up to that level of the screen, I mean, you have. You know, theoretically, when Jimmy's healthy, he hasn't really played a lot with Deadman. I mean, that's the help guy behind him, right? Because, you know, Deadman's playing without Bam, and they like to stagger those minutes. So, I mean, we haven't seen a lot of Deadman Jimmy. And if Deadman's going to get beat, you know, at least he knows he has the comfort of, okay, I have this, you know, defensive player of the year type talent behind me coming helping on that drive. And that helps. And the Heat rotations have been really good off that penetration. I think that that's been their best skill this season on defense. They trap, and they... And if they get beat, that rotation man is there. That's that Tyler or Duncan. And that's why I've been really impressed with. I, I want to give Tyler a little bit of credit for that. Tyler's often that rotation man. And he does a very good job, gets there early, gets there on time, uh, hands up, really is in good position. Duncan's been great at that all year. I mean, Duncan's charges and all that stuff has been really good. So I, I really love what he gives them. And I think I'm sad that Belitsa is not a little better. And I'm sure that Belly's going to get some run now uh, because, you know, that. Deadman's in health and safety protocols and you kind of hope he's okay. That that really fucking sucks for them because they were they finally got something and now it's like COVID. This the season's horrible. Yeah, fuck the uh, season. Deadman has like a 31 rebound percentage, offensive rebound percentage rate, something ridiculous like that. Um, so he's been really good. And I, I kind of just wanted to touch on how impressed I've been at that he's able to get to the level of the screen and offensive rebounding, all that speaks for itself. The, the going up and finishing off a, off a catch, Precious doesn't do that. Bam is eh, at it. Precious can only do it in air. Yeah. He can't, gra- he can't grab the ball off a of pick and roll and, and go up with it. It's just not going to go in. Like, it's either going to be that a turnover or a miss. physicality, Alex, that they just haven't had. Shout out Shabon and Tiffany. They've been on that. They've been on that all year. The size matters. Oh, yeah. it, for the backup five, like, <laughs> it, it just makes the, the, it makes that backup unit just so much more formidable, man. Like, I, Precious is small. I like Precious as a prospect. I've been on him all year, like just as somebody like I like him. I like that they've been playing him as a backup five. Like you're trying to get some wins now and you're trying to, you know, be a contender in the playoffs. He's not there. He's not ready. He's just not like his his physicality and his size. Like that's supposed to be his biggest strengths. And it's just not there yet. Like He's too small for the NBA to be guarding fives. Like it, it seem, he seems like, by the way, it's talking about role that he's new to this role, too. Like. I don't know how much of it just being a pick and roll big man he was doing in college and high school. I don't think that was uh, always his role. I think that was more towards the end in, in Memphis when they started really doing that. And somebody could educate me on that because I'm not a college guy. But like, it, it, I don't think he was a pick and roll big man for most of his career. Like, and 
all of a sudden he's a six, eight guy with, you know, great measurables for like a four, you know, playing back of five in the NBA. And he's just doing a whole lot for a team that's constantly mixing up their coverages. It's not like he's just doing a drop out there every single time. Like he he's asked to do a lot and pressure's just not there yet. Like I'm, I'm glad that they got that man. And that they actually have a little bit of front court depth now, like because I still consider B Elise a front court. They have four centers. They have four. They didn't have anybody, and now they have four centers. So that yeah. is, uh, yeah, like we were we were crying about their about the center. I'm I'm trying to pull up Deadman's numbers as a, as a pick and roll, uh, big this year because they've spammed that coverage a lot, and uh, I don't know how I feel about it, guys. Do do you guys like that look for the Heat? I think it'll look different when Jimmy's kind of the ball handler, but you're asking me about the Goron Deadman pick and roll. Deadman and the pick and roll in general. I mean, they really, they really did that a lot. <laughs> well, I don't like I said, I don't mind just because like you don't really have to look at him as a threat, but he's theoretically always a threat because you can't leave the seven footer down there open in the basket alone. And as long as Goron can get can go around the screens, you know, <laughs> turn the corner and make something happen, like. Look, that's the one thing. Obviously, it's a really, 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 really small sample size, but Goran has looked better at, at that part of the as, uh, of his game, that, that aspect of his game, just getting to the rim, turning the corner on the screen and, and getting there. Like, he was not doing that at all before, like, just barely at all. And if we can get Goran to just attack a little bit more the way he has the past few games, just, man, if Depot comes back, like, it just makes it so much easier on him. You don't need Goran to step up to the level that he did last year. You just need him to give you some easy buckets off the bench, man. It's really shocking how many problems just having a, a healthy depot, not even like a high performing depot, but just having him as a presence on the exist. floor because he helps everybody else. He helps hero. He helps Goron. just having that guy to take the responsibility, even if he's not, you know, that offensive or yeah, he helps bam too. The thing about precious Marco said something about, how, you know, a couple of people said that he was pretty much just a wing in high school at lower levels. Um, they used a three and a four for a long time. He looks like it, and he just doesn't have that strength. That was my biggest thing always with the comparisons with Bam. He's nowhere near as strong as Bam was as a rookie. Bam was really strong as a rookie. And then, like, the other thing about, like, having a second mini Bam is that Bam is such a specific skill set and a high-level skill set that like you have somebody with his measurables and then like half of his skill. And that's not a great player. Like just because that's just an undersized big at one point, right? Like that's a, a novelty. Catcher, he's not a good finisher. He's not yeah. a good passer. Like he's just not there in any aspect of the game right now. And I'm really not like, I'm not trashing precious. I'm just saying like, they're asking a lot from him. They, they, again, like they, he's too small Ernie. He's a rookie too. Yeah. Like I, I think like the rookie I'm not panicking about him. He's shown flashes, which is all you should be asked to do as a rookie, especially with no training camp. Like if if we had the G oh, League, summer league. If, if if yeah, the summer league would have helped him a lot. I think Sioux Falls, if they had, you know, done that this year, I know like it didn't I get why they didn't do it, but like if they had had Sioux Falls available, I think he would have benefited from like what Jay Rich did his rookie year where he basically spent the first half of the season in the G league, getting experience, getting stuff under his belt, um, working on other skills that he just wouldn't have been able to do while they're trying to win games. And he would have benefited from that a lot, I think, because yeah, I mean, 
it would be really nice. It'd be a luxury to play Precious as much as possible because I do think if he can get that experience under his belt, he's going to figure a lot of things out. But they just don't have that luxury with him or KZ right now. They, he, I think that in time, like I was asked on Hangover Time, like out of the three prospects between Vincent, Precious, and um, I saw that. That was wild to me. Vincent, Precious, and KZ, who would you take? And a lot of people took KZ last, uh, Precious last. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, he's, he's, there's something there. Like, I, I believe in him, just not the season. That's yeah. fine. Like, it's been a weird season. All right, we're running out of time real quick. I do want to get into Bam's defensive player of the year odds because I saw that there was a, the NBA ladder has him at third, I think, behind uh, Gobert and Simmons. Now, Jack and I talked a little bit about this in the group chat. I, I think Jimmy's a little more deserving. I think Jimmy gives them the gear that makes them special. I think Jimmy's asked to do a, just as much as Bam. I think Spo is using him as Dwayne. You know, Dwayne used to use use um, Spo used to use Dwayne as a weak side blocker and, and as a rim protector, kind of from that corner to kind of stunt in the lane, rim protect, come back out to the shooters, um, defend on the perimeter, do a lot, right? Like Jimmy and Dwayne were asked to do a lot, and I think that's crazy because Jimmy's like an eighth of an athlete that Dwayne is. Like not not to, not the slander Jimmy, but like Dwayne was like. You know, Dwayne was jump out of the building athletic, you know, even without a meniscus, right? Like Dwayne was a special athlete who was explosive and springy and fast and strong. And Jimmy's like strength and, and, and some quickness, but you know, not, not with Dwayne and Jimmy has a little more size. Dwayne had some, some kind of good measure of the wingspan, but to me, that's like what I look at and, and the on off numbers, you know, the defense is better with Jimmy on than bam. Uh, bam off doesn't affect the defense as much as you would think for a guy that's going to be in that candidacy. Bam has played a lot of minutes. And that's kind of what Jack was saying. Um, the Heat have a 107 defensive rating when Jimmy plays in a 114 when he sits. That's that's fucking wild. Um, and that's kind of like my point. Like the numbers kind of back some of that up. Jimmy doing a lot of the switching that Bam does. We praise Bam for switching on to guards a lot. But Jimmy, they're switching Jimmy onto Sabonis, uh, onto Valanciunas, onto Jokic, and like those matchups are really unfavorable. But I think a lot of times he does better when he gets on on Jokic. There was a lot of moments where he was forcing turnovers and stuff like that. Um, Chat's making fun of Alex for his lighting. Yeah, I, just, uh, I was fixing that now as you were talking. I don't know if you noticed. I just uh, somebody's yeah. Uh, Sun went down, so, baby. Unless you want me to get up. Somebody and said turn an FPL situation. <laughs> uh, Jack, I, I know, I know that you had a, I know that you had strong feelings on this. Yeah, I mean, I think we're mostly in agreement. If Jimmy had played as many, like if Jimmy was consistently available, I would no doubt be banging the drum for him as defensive player of the year above Gobert, above Simmons. I was when he was playing. The steals numbers are pretty insane. And I mean, that's just the box score. Uh, He's an incredibly impactful defender. I think it's nitpicking to say, oh, he's more or less impactful than Bam because it's just, it doesn't 100% have anything to do with them. Like the reason Bam is so impactful for the team is that they don't have another center. Like they have Deadman now, but like in the past, it's been him or Olenek. And that's a pretty like radical drop off. Whereas like, I think he can get away a little more with, you know, having another, another wing. But no, Jimmy's incredibly impactful. If he had played more, I would have him as the defensive player of the year, no question. And I get your point that 
you don't penalize people in this season for not playing much. That's and my I, point. I'm with you on that. Like I am 100% with you on that. But Unless then it's like you do KD have to situation. give you do have to give Bam credit for playing a little more though. Like not penalize Jimmy. I think you do because they'd be a lot worse if he hadn't played as many games. I, I think. just think that the credit for playing is like, okay, you got lucky and didn't get the virus. You know, he Bam did get the re- virus. He didn't get it. He was only out like five days because he was they, he had been in contact with somebody who may have had the virus, but he wasn't out the two oh, weeks. He never he got gotten the year? virus. I thought he tested huh? positive last year. Oh, last year he got it. You're right. Last year he got it. But I'm <laughs> saying this year he didn't get it. Like Jimmy missed this two weeks picking. because he got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm sorry. Within the last 12 months, he has had the yeah, coronavirus. Yeah, yeah. No, but I, and he I does thought... have. I think he. I think the knee issues, honestly. I don't think they're bad, but I do think they're probably worse than um, anybody lets on. I, I think he is probably playing through a lot of shit. Like, and I wish he wouldn't. I wish well, he wouldn't right too. Now. But they'd also be a lot worse if he wasn't play. If he hadn't played through that stuff, like he has been the baseline for them. He has been the anchor for them. And I think you do got to give him credit. Um, Karmic Bead says uh, tendonitis has, at age twenty three is very worrisome. Yeah, it is. And like, he didn't have an off season. He did, you know, get injured in that playoff series. And he was playing through a ton of stuff in the Celtics series, in that Lakers series. He's a warrior. Like he fights through stuff and not that Jimmy doesn't, um, you know, he's definitely played through that ankle. Like probably most of the games he's played, he's been on kind of a bum ankle, right? Like, um, but yeah, if Jimmy had played every, like all the games that Bam had played, I would say he's 100% the favorite for NB, NB, defensive player of the year. But Jim VP? Jim VP. I'm also on the Jim VP train, but um, I, I don't think Bam's going to win it this year. I, I don't really have a strong opinion on it. And also, I don't, I don't really care. It. I don't think he deserves it either. I think he deserves to be in the conversation, which is good. He might not even make all defense team. Well, it's hard when you're a center. That's kind of crazy. It's, it's yeah. like impossible when you're a center. And then, because Gobert is gonna, gonna get it, off. that's gonna piss Gobert's me off. Gobert's gonna get it, Gobert and he might get it. it. Or, or oh, Anthony man, Davis, uh, AD might not play enough, but but Gobert not being certainly. in there is is terrible. Like he is so goddamn I think good Jimmy, at defense. Jimmy fucking deserves it, dude. I, I'm gonna they be upset if Jimmy it. doesn't make it. They Jimmy Jimmy's it. definitely played. I think Jimmy's probably the best defensive player in the league this year. Bam it's just they're not gonna give it to the games. Bam is incredible. The reason I don't care that he doesn't win it this year is he's going to at least be in the conversation which like to win an award like this you do have to lay groundwork you have to start being in the conversation at some point and then they're going to look to you next year and i think he's going to be a lot better on defense this year like honestly he's going to play like 50 games yeah you're right yeah i'm looking at the games yeah. it's, it's it's hard to give a guy an award like that especially when i don't know i don't think i'm the MVP should go to Embiid at all. Like I would think oh, it's, it's a two person. I think it's Jokic like clearly right now. And if Embiid had played all the games, then I think it would be a close two person race. But I think it's Jokic all the way. Um, I think it's Jokic, and I I don't I, I don't heard MVP candidates either for missing time this season. I I just don't. Not 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 this season. This season I I I pause I on unless like I said unless you're like KD where you've like missed like more than half your games and at that point like I know that you probably deserve to be all NBA first team but like I can't justify that cuz you haven't played enough which by the way Kawhi has been quietly a fucking terror Kawhi has been great but oh my god I do think Bam they will win, win a defensive player of the year like I think 
when they get better personnel around him, and we talked about this when we had this conversation today. They're two players away from having a number one defense. Two players away. They just need to fix the guard position. And honestly, like a reason Iggy are good, but they're, you know, band-aids on something that they need to fix long term. They get a good defensive guard. Bam will be 100% a better defender because all of the flaws right now are, you know, not that they're not on him defensively, but like a lot of them are fixed just by getting personal nail around him where he doesn't have to over switch. Their rebounding would skyrocket because yeah. they won't have to switch everything. They're just going to be better. Just, His just block so numbers will go up. It's going to be insane. They'll put the flame and drop more. It's yeah. Do, do you think, uh, so like, I know we only got four games with Depot and we've kind of talked about how like, you know, I just think everything comes down to like, you, they just need him so much, right? On both ends of the floor, even though he's more of a question on one end the, than the other. You guys are talking about him on defense and I'm just here thinking about it like, man, is Spo like, Depot being there on defense, whenever he does come back healthy, uh, like, it allows them to not have to switch all the time, like you said, right? But do we think Spo... No, they'll switch more. No, but I'm saying not have to uh, always feel like Bam oh, has to switch Bam. on to the best perimeter, yeah. onto the best perimeter player. Like, do you think they would actually do that, or you think Spo is just going to stick with what he has? Because I like him because you can throw him into everything, and it just kind of makes every single coverage you throw a lot more solid. But like, if you They're wanted to go trap. back to a, a, a drop, you could like having somebody who could actually fight over the screens and contest from behind, like you're supposed to. They could theoretically do that. But I'm just wondering if Spo is just going to keep doing, you know, he's going to stick to what. Uh, they've been doing so much this season is mostly trapping and some switching. I think it depends on the guy. Like if it's a guy like Curry, you're going to trap. If it's a guy like Lillard, you know, if you well, have what about it, just like in the Eastern conference playoffs, like pull up three guy. I think you trap. I don't, I don't really think you want to switch that. And I think that they've been burn Trey young. They have tried to switch bam a lot. How do you do that versus the nuts? Yeah, what about Kyrie? That's was going to be my first question. Or I mean, yeah, I guess hard to leave other guys open. No, they they'll they'll switch or, against the Nets. Yeah, it depends on the team. They'll they'll switch that, and I think they're comfortable switching that. And I think I'm, that they I'm, can do that. I asked you because I'm wondering, like, what's the team in the East that you play in the playoffs? And you're like, okay, this is the team I'm trapping because I just kind of went through my head, and I'm, and it's like, oh, you do it against the Bucks. You get you trap Holiday, and you force that rotation pass, and you trust that your defense is. So you're not be good building enough. a wall against the Bucks. You're playing up a little well, bit I mean, more to the perimeter. Yeah, I mean, because if if I mean, Holiday has been legit an issue. Um, if they're running Giannis, like if Giannis is triggering offense with the guard as a screener, you build the wall. But if they're going Holiday, Giannis pick and roll, which they did not do that last year, they were not really using Giannis as a screener, and that's been one of the big developments this season. Is Giannis is screening more times per hundred possessions than last? Who knew season the giant game. man screening would be a good idea? Oh my god, right? Math, um, at length analytics. So. That's a team that I would I would just try to get the ball out of Holiday's hands and maybe force some turnovers and you know kind of force them to make that extra swing pass to, to get to the right guy. Um I would I would trap against Philly. I wouldn't want to overswitch because they do have a lot of size that can punish you. Um I'm just no, I'm I'm not even saying like with an attitude. Tobias, I'm just like I'm trying to like imagine you drop these. Simmons. Now, Alex, the thing I'm curious about about the Sixers, and I really want to see this. Are they going to just drop against Simmons? So if like they run a Simmons and B pick and roll, are they just going to sink? Because that's not what they do. But that's exactly what I'm asking you. Because like to me, in my, obviously I'm, you know, Spo is a million times smarter than me. I'm just saying like intuition wise, you would, you would think that that's what you would do versus a team like that. Right. And even 
the Bucks to a lesser extent because I know it's not the same team as last year. And we talked about that earlier already and why this matchup would be so much tougher. You know for the what Heat. they might do, Alex? But like they haven't done this stuff, the sinking into the paint and, and going under and, and packing the paint. Like they haven't really done it a lot this year. When they did it last year, they did it with smaller guys, uh, Iguodala and Crowder fronting and Bam more on the back line. But this year you have Bam a lot on the perimeter. So I'm just kind of interested, like, is it just – do you think they can actually go back to, to, to doing that? I, you know what I think they do? I think what they're going to do is they'll switch those actions, right? So if they embed um, Ben pick and roll, they'll switch that, right? And they'll probably have either Jimmy or they'll have Ariza or somebody. Somebody is going to get switched. Uh-huh. B when they're not going to get a, arc, more or less. They're not going to get an unfavorable guy on Simmons. And what they're going to do is they're going to, if Simmons decide, if Simmons, Simmons probably going to be his man, if we're being honest, he's very quick. They're going to send help from that corner really early. And it's what they did to Boston. And it's what they did to the Lakers. They're going to send help from that corner really, really early. And they're going to force Ben to either make that, make that kick out pass. And they're going to rotate back or they're going to force him into, into a floater. And that's kind of what they did against the, the Celtics and the Celtics offense really got mucked up at times. And that's what they did against the Lakers. LeBron is just, you know, built different, right? So I think that's kind of the coverages we're going to see against Simmons. I don't think they're just going to go straight up uh, Brook Lopez drop against him, although I would like that. Uh, they're just not. They might even put smaller guys on Simmons and kind of say, okay, Simmons, go post up or go do this because he'll, he'll, he'll put a guy down there. Uh, I mean, I, I don't want him like doing that. that, though. Like, I think that's an easy way to get him going as, a, as an offensive guy. You just give him a mismatch every single time down the floor. And I would not be surprised like, okay, if they I could put score Duncan on this guy. Him. Would it surprise you if they put Duncan on him? I don't know, man. Like, I, I kind of like the idea of having Jimmy or Depot take that on and just kind of, and kind of have them help off just because, obviously, Jimmy's a much better uh, help defender than Depot. But I think you can too, put Alex. both of them in that, in that type of uh, scenario. They might trap and force him beat to catch the ball because if they trap, you know, all of a sudden, you know, they, Ben doesn't have every passing angle imaginable. So they're going to they're going to trap. They're probably going to take away that more interior angle pass. And then B's going to catch the ball more at the elbow than the than the higher or mid post. Right. And oh. if you force that now, you can send your doubles a lot easier. So I could see that I could see a world where they're well, they'll trap and rotate because off the rotation, you don't got to worry about leaving Ben off that rotation. He's not going to hurt you. He's just going to go to the dunker spot. Right. He's not going to float in the perimeter. So I can see them doing something like that. That might make sense. Man, this is interesting to me just because, like, it feels like there's no easy answer, but also they're kind of equipped to take on whatever I want this answer series so bad. I, I want this series so bad. I'm really – and I feel like I've, we've been talking – I've been – every time I ask you a question, it has to do with the playoffs. And like, we already said it. This season stinks. And just get it's almost just like get, the matchups to, are fun. Just get to five. I like, I like talking five. about the matchups, man. And that's what – that's what that's it. That's what it comes down to. They need to get up there right there to four or five and – Take on one of those teams and hope you can get Philly in the second round. I think that's fuck the, Atlanta. I don't care about it. Atlanta's up by the way against. They'll beat the uh, Hawks Magic. in the playoffs. They'll beat the the Knicks in the playoffs. They'll that's beat good. the Celtics. Uh, you know, without Depot, I think it'll be a little bit tougher. I think they could beat all three of those teams even get without five. Them. Yeah, without them. But it, it, and it's and not it's, that I have it, a whole it, lot of faith without Depot, like for them to beat a team. But you know what I'm saying? I think after you get past that round, oh man, it's gonna get dicey. I think right, I, I have faith in them. If, if Jimmy and Bam are playing the entire series, like not a ton of faith, but I do think Jimmy playoff. Jimmy is playoff. Jimmy. We've playoff not Spo. seen playoff Jim- and playoff Spo. I mean, that's a huge thing, especially like 
honestly, everybody healthy. If you get the shooters going, going into the net series, playoff Spo against a rookie coach. That's what I'm banking on. Fuck Steve Nash. Fucking loser ass, baby face, rookie wannabe. Spo's been here. Spo was born in this shit. He's been around for Molded 20 fucking it. years. Fez Butter and Chad says, how do I cash my culture coins for something worthwhile? I still don't know all these weird Twitch things. Uh, they're looking just for something worthwhile, like, say, option to remove me from the show. Uh, listen, I don't blame you. Also, Alex, uh, the people are asking. It's so fucking dark. You know, it's Alex, so dark. It's so dark. Alex, you look like Karmic, the guy from Deal or No Deal. The, the yeah. guy <laughs> who's Alex, giving him Karmic, the offer. Karmic Beat is asking. What time of the day is it? Because it's We're gonna so do dark this again. It's you know it's the end of the day, man. It's just what happens. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua, and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter, and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film, and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.